0: That is right, you know, uh there's some traditions we have. One is having the kids come up on the Sunday before Christmas, and is I always ask Austin to play that, because there was one time the five of us were in the car, the CD was on, and that song came on, and revival broke forth in our car, and if you'd have been sitting in the car behind us, you'd have just, forget this was before hydraulics, because our car was just going like this, because everybody was just glorifying God. I don't know how you can just sit there and be like, hmm, I'll tell you. So we love that song. Thank Thanks, Austin, for playing that for me. So, I'm going to be uh, continuing in uh, the Christmas Light series that I've been on for the last couple of weeks. And I, I have truly enjoyed this series because it has uh, revealed so many things to me about the light of the world. I do have a few slides I want to show. Can we show a few here? I don't know if you can see. This is a house that's extremely decorated, and then the the house beside it just says, Ditto with an arrow pointed. (laughs) I don't know if you've ever felt like that in your life Yeah, like, just we're with them, what they said and more. The next one here. This one is from down south. Guess what? That's from Louisiana. And if you have an old Volkswagen in your yard, just hang it up and put a few deer in front of it. Next one. (laughs) and I checked it out that is actually a mannequin hanging from the gutter okay so uh, just so that no one's concerned and the last one I had to look at this one for a minute until it dawned on me greeting seasons okay (laughs) they're welcoming the season Or they put the sign in backwards. Okay? But it just takes you a second to look at that one. So, greeting seasons. So, if you get a Christmas card from us that says Christmas Mary, then you'll know where that came from. So, I want to talk to you all about being the light, the light of the world. We're called to be the light of the world. Before I even start my message, I want to tell you a story about a shoe cobbler. And the shoe cobbler had a call on his life to be a missionary. And he continually sought God, where do you want me to go, where, and, and although he continued to seek God to where he was to be a missionary, he never actually got a location. So he determined that every person that would come into his shoe shop, he would share the gospel of Christ with. And this went on for years. And finally, a friend came in and said, you know, I got to tell you, if you would not share about Christ with everybody who comes in that door, you might improve your business. And I loved his response because he said, my business is not shoe repair. My business is sharing Christ. And the only reason I keep this shop open is to meet the people that God is sending me. I love that story because it puts in perspective our lives. See, many of us when we ask what do we do, we may say we're a doctor, we're a lawyer, we're an engineer, we're a school teacher, we're an IT consultant. But in reality, we're first born again children of the Most High God. We're Christians that happen to be doctors. We're Christians that happen to be lawyers. We're Christians that happen to be school teachers. We're Christians that happen to be IT. We're Christians who are students. But it keeps in perspective of who we are whose we are during especially during this time of the year no matter where we are no matter what you're doing wherever this season of life is do it unto the Lord do it with excellence do it with wisdom do it with beauty do it with love and you will shine in other people's worlds some of you may not be where you want to be right now you may say I, I, I I've had better times, or, or this is not the place that I wanted to be at. But God knows that, and God is with you right now. He's Emmanuel, God with us. He is with you in the good times, and he's in with you in the bad times. Satan will try to tell you during the bad times that you're all alone, that nobody loves you, nobody cares. But God will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never disappoint you. But we have to invite him in. We have to seek him with all our hearts. We have to put everything aside and say, God, I'm going to spend time with you. Yes, I'm depressed. Or yes, this season has been hard. Or whatever the case may be. Seek God in everything that we do. The scriptures tell us to be a light. A light that sits on a hill. Our passage today that we're going to be speaking from is Matthew 5, verses 14 through 16. And it says, You are a light for the world. A city cannot be hidden when it is located on a hill. And no one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, everyone who lights lights a lamp puts it on the lampstand. Then its light shines for everyone in the house. Verse 16. And in the same way, let your light shine in front of people. Then they will see the good that you do and praise your Father in heaven. See, it's time for us to take some of the covers, some of the baskets, some of the the blankets that we've put on our light. Because we haven't felt like shining or, or we haven't felt motivated or we haven't felt loved. So we slowly start Covering up our light. We share less and less of the love of Christ. We share less and less of our testimony. Maybe we, we, we don't go out of our way to, to help or encourage other people because we don't feel encouraged. This is when we need to push forward even more. Seek God more. Pursue God and become that light. You know, the old analogy of a lighthouse was always built and placed in a very strategic place because it was designed to warn and to guide the ships out at sea. They didn't just pick anywhere. They picked very strategic places to put lighthouses. And I truly believe with all of my heart that you've been placed in strategic places to be a light. Whether we choose to be a light is up to us. How bright we want to be is up to us. But God has chosen us and has placed us to be a light to a very dark world, to guide, to ret- direct. You may ask, hey, Pastor Mark, why has lights been so important to you this year? What, what, yeah, you've talked about Christmas lights, you've talked about the star. Light has always been significant to life. It's spiritual through the scriptures. Last, thing, last week, we discovered that the very first thing that God spoke was, let there be light. light. Why was that the very first command that he spoke when he spoke creation? Let there be light. Because without light, there would be no vegetation. Without vegetation, we would not survive. Our bodies need sunlight. That's why he even created the moon and the stars to give us a light at night. In the New Testament, Jesus is referred to as the light. John 8.12 tells us this, And Jesus spoke to the Pharisees again. He said, I am the light of the world, and whoever follows me will have a life filled with light and will never walk in the dark. Jesus also said in John 12.35, Jesus answered the crowd, The light will be with you for a little while. Walk while you have the light so that darkness won't defeat you. Those who walk in the dark don't know where they are going. See, our whole Christian life is characterized by light. Our whole existence in Christ is designed in light. We're told that we're to walk in the light. First John 1 John 1.7 says, But if we live in the light, and in the same way that God is in the light, we have a relationship with each other. And the blood of His Son, Jesus, cleanses us from every sin. Philippians 2.15 says, Then you will be blameless and innocent, and you will be God's children without any faults among people who are crooked and corrupt. And you will shine like the stars among them in the world. Ephesians 5:89 says once you have once you lived in darkness and all of us lived in darkness all of us had a time before Christ came into our lives but now the lord has filled you with the light live as children who have light cuz light produces everything that is good that has god's approval and is true the whole reason for so much emphasis on light is because we are continually waging a war against darkness. There is spiritual darkness that is always waiting for us. And the only way that we can have this victory over the darkness is the light that we have through Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? amen. Throughout both Testaments, light signifies about Almighty God and His Son, Jesus Christ. Light came into our physical world through the Son that was created. Light came into our spiritual world through the Son that is Jesus Christ, Son of the Most High God. And that's why Christmas is so special. That's why Christmas is so special because it signifies the birth of that light coming, the star that shone, that drew the Magi A time to bring deliverance to us. A time to bring reconciliation. You know, one of my favorite Christmas carols is Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Because there's a line in there that is so powerful. It says, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth and mercy mild. Do you all remember the next line is? God and sinner... Reconciled. Amen. Do you grasp that when you sing through that chorus, that carol? That God and sinner is reconciled through the birth of this son that was born. That gives us, as born-again Christians, reason to celebrate no matter what's going on in our life, no matter what's happening, no matter what our financial, no matter how we're feeling in our bodies, that gives us reason to celebrate, to be the light of Christ and shine. That's why I find the Christmas story of the three wise men so fascinating. Because once again, there's another reference to light. And the message that I didn't get to preach to you on the ice storm was talking about how God used a star to draw the astronomers and astrologers. Why did God use something that he knew was their gift and their talent to draw them? Same way God will use things that are in your gift in your talent to draw you. We overlook that sometimes when we read through the story so quickly. But also that God called foreigners in, and the very first thing that they did was they worshipped him. That also shows that God was not just there for his Jewish people, but for all Gentiles, all of us, that we can cry out to God. The three magi that came and saw the bright light, drew them in Matthew 2.2, 2, they said, they asked, where is the one who was born to be king of the Jews? We saw his star rising and have come to worship him. Now we have to realize that that journey took them approximately two years to travel. They traveled to worship a newborn king. Some of us don't want to do anything for two years, let alone if it's inconvenient or it's away from our, our norm or, or if God's calling us to an area that we're not really wanting to go. But they left everything behind, and they pursued to worship a newborn king. They followed the star, and we are to shine like those stars. We're to shine in our life because we may be the only light that some people in our world will ever see. Not everybody goes to church. Not everybody listens to Christian music. Not everybody watches Christian television. Our neighbors, our co-workers may be watching us to see if there's any light of hope for them. And they watch. They watch us all the time. Whether you realize it or not, you're probably being watched more than you are the way that you respond, the way that you give hope, the way that you give encouragement. Are your words lifting up or tearing down? But we are to shine no matter what is going on around us. We are to shine no matter how we feel. We shine even when our nation's leaders fail us we're to shine even when babies are continually killed in abortion clinics We're to shine even when our nation desires perversion and not a personal savior We're to shine when godlessness seems to prevail prevail instead of godliness This week something came to national news and would you put the slide up for me Austin? I like the one that says duct tape, and that's not the way you spell it, but a duct tape. Phil Robertson, there was a, as some of you have heard, was asked a direct question by a magazine. What is sin? Now, I'll tell you what, if you don't want to know something, don't ask a 67-year-old man from Louisiana what he thinks. Because he will tell you what he thinks. He's not one of the Kardashians that are going to be like, no, no. He's going to tell you exactly what he thinks. And he told him what a sin. Light and darkness collided at that moment. Money is also involved in this. But the great thing about it is, it's not money for the Robertson family because they already had money before the show. But this is one of the top producers for the A&E network. People are Twittering and Facebooking in support of Phil Robertson. Saying, you know what? This is a free country. You ask somebody what is sin, they're gonna tell you what is sin. Anytime you do spiritual warfare, though, we need to pray for those people that are making a stand. We as a body need to be praying. If you were going through this type of persecution, if you were released from your job because of something that you said that you knew was morally right in the Bible, would you want the body of Christ to be praying for you? Would you pray for peace in your life? Would you want the body of Christ to be praying that God would open up greater doors of opportunity? You see, I think what the devil meant for harm, God is going to use for good in this situation. Amen? I think that more people are going to, for the very first time, not believe all of the media agenda and say, wait a second, what does the Bible have to say about certain things? Because we've become a society of acceptance, we accept everything. Standards are constantly changing. Standards are constantly changing. Earlier this year, the Boy Scouts changed a rule about homosexuality for the boys themselves. Leaders could not be a professing homosexual. If you've seen the news yesterday, Lockheed Martin is now pulling their funding for the Boy Scouts because they believe that homosexual leaders should also be teaching your boys how to be men. See, that's how it starts. Politically correctness is always associated with money. If you don't do what I want you to do, I will not fund you. All of a sudden, now we have to change our standards. Light and darkness is constantly fighting, whether you realize it or not. Maybe today you've got a great day planned, but spiritual warfare is still taking place in this planet. We, as a body of believers, not only have to shine, but we have to pray we have to intercede we have to intercede for those not just the Phil Robertson's but for anybody who's taking a stand for righteousness I believe in this country I love this country but I also know that if this country continues in the direction and the church does nothing that 10 to 15 years from now we won't recognize this country my prayer my belief is that we were positioned for such a time as this to make a stand. To make a stand to love, to light, and to be salt to those who are in darkness. Even Phil said, I don't judge anyone. I'm just telling you what the word of God says. God is the ultimate judge. We must never lose our ability to reflect Christ, no matter how we feel or how we feel this nation is. So how do we become that light that I've been talking about? Well, there's five easy ways, and it's spelled L-I-G-H-T. So you know when I'm finishing my sermon, when I get to the last letter. First off, L is for loving, loving your neighbors as yourself. Jesus gave this as a command, not a suggestion. I was thinking about that statement right there a lot of us don't deal well with commands but if anybody does anybody in here work for somebody else you have somebody that you actually answer to they're a manager a, 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 there's somebody in authority over you in your workplace okay and if they came in and said Greg welcome to the world here you're gonna there's your corner office we have one command don't be late do you understand that? Greg's like, got it. So the second day of work, he's like, you know, I think I have time to go get some coffee and maybe one of those danishes and drive around. I'd like to see downtown Fort Worth. they got the pretty tree up right now. And he says, well, what about that command, don't be lit? Oh, that was, <laughs> they they joke so much at our workplace. That was just a suggestion. Everybody comes in and goes, see, we take things in our workplace And we understand where the limits are. But when we come into the word of God, we tend to bend some of the commandments. Oh, that wasn't really what it was meant. I'm sure if I look up the Greek word, it meant, you know, like your neighbors. And I can like most people, but that's not the command that Jesus gave us. It said for us to love. Next to loving the Lord your God with all your heart, In Mark 12, 31, it says, The second most important commandment is this. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And no other commandment is greater than these. So the first is love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor. Wow. Pretty simple rules in this workplace environment, right? We tend to, you know, we'll get there when we get there. We'll love when it's convenient. We'll love when we feel loved. I can do that. When I feel loved, I can love. But when I don't feel loved, I don't feel like loving others. That wasn't anywhere in the Greek or Hebrew in my Bible. There are over 16 references in the New Testament that tell us to love our neighbor. 16 references. And one of the ultimate was found in Luke ten twenty nine through 38, where it's just the parable of the Good Samaritan. Where somebody finds somebody who is hurt and has been robbed and is down and not only stops their agenda, but goes and and ministers to them and takes care of them and takes them to an end and pays for their recovery. Two worlds that should not even be colliding, collided in love. That is the example that God sent us. Not just letting somebody pull out of the parking lot while you're waiting in line saying, wow, I'm glad I love my neighbors. There's so much more to loving this world. Amen. Thank you. I is for imitate Christ. Third John 11 says, Dear friend, never imitate evil, but imitate good. The person who does good is from God, and the person who does evil has never seen God. There is evil in this world. I don't know if you've ever encountered it. I have encountered it. I've walked into a room and sensed the darkness and evil. I've sensed witchcraft in my life. Not in my life. I mean, you know, I've never practiced witchcraft. I've walked into rooms. You will sense evil. It is out there, and it's very present. The Greek word that was used here was to duplicate or follow. So when we claim that we follow Christ, we must imitate and do what he has done and follow his example. As I said earlier, we may be the only representative to others that don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ or is discouraged and disillusioned and they're looking for hope. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 tells us, imitate God since you are the children he loves. Live in love as Christ has loved us. He gave his life for us as an offering and sacrifice, a soothing aroma to God. So I is for imitate Christ. G is for getting to know others. In order to gain friends, we must show ourselves friendly. The world needs people to reach out in acts of kindness and friendship. Proverbs 18.24 says, A man that has friends must show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Nothing has come to become more disturbing than a selfless society. I was born in the 60s. I remember the very first camera that my dad had was a camera that hung around your neck, and you looked down into the glass, okay? And the lens was there, so every time you take a picture, you were doing this. Then I was there in the 70s when the Polaroid camera came out. Do you all remember those now? You popped them up, and man, that was the coolest technology. You talk about computer, cell phone, everything wrapped into one right there was a Polaroid. Why? Because it took a picture, and then it spit it out. And all you had to do was wave that picture around, and about three minutes later, you had a picture. That was phenomenal technology, right? Right? Then, even before digital cameras came out, disposable cameras came out. They were really cool. Then digital cameras came in, and then cell phones came in. Do you know what a new word that was added to the dictionary this year was? Selfie. Now maybe some of you know where I'm going on this, but you know I don't think that original box camera was ever designed to turn around and take your own selfie. (laughs) Polaroids would not have been really convenient to do that either. And if you did, all you could do is just paste them in your room instead of putting 38 pictures of yourself on your page on Facebook. Think about this, people. Just let's let's just think about this. We have become a self-centered society when we think that the most entertaining page for you to look at is 38 to 48 to 400 pictures of me. Here I am. Here I am. Here I am. Duck face. Patty face. Happy. At least take it with someone else, okay? You know what I mean? Add a little variety so as you're scrolling through, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Same sweater even. Come on, okay? <laughs> but it shows the self-centeredness of our society. It also shows the loneliness of our society. We have to break out of the me, myself, and I and it's very easy to fall into that. It's very easy to just focus on yourself, especially this time of the year. Mark, if you knew my schedule, if you knew what was happening in our home, if you knew everything that was happening, all the things that I have to do, all the baking I have to do, all the gifts I have, we have family coming in, and you want me to go and focus on other people, strangers that I don't even know, people that that, that don't even look like me, people that I have nothing in common with, That's what you're asking me to do, is to to get to know them? We as a family have made a resolution that whenever possible, we will always ask questions with whomever we're around. Yesterday, we got to be with Kristen's side of the family. And as we were driving back, one of our kids said a comment. It said, it was so refreshing being with them because they asked questions about us. See, rarely, when we spend time, do people ever ask questions about us. So we ask questions about them. We learn about them. We find out about the season they're going in. But we find that most people don't reciprocate that. They want to tell you what's going on in their world, and then that's when they want to end. We have to not only be able to share, but we have to be able to ask questions. And everybody will be willing to tell you something about their world that's happening. It gives us opportunity to pray with those people. It gives us opportunity to learn more about them, to how to intercede for them. That's why when it says that a friendly person shows themselves friendly, we have to involve ourselves in other people's lives. We were not designed, we were not created to be alone. We were designed to interact. We need each other. We need each other, not only as we do physically, we need the worship team to lead us but I need their friendship. Last night, they all came up here and practiced and worshipped, and you could just sense a love and friendliness. It was like you almost didn't want to leave because they were just like family getting together, and they were joking around. And yes, they're serious about their cords and bridges and all the words I don't understand, but you know what? There was still a love that was felt in this room. We need each other. Almost like we put money into a a savings account, or a CD, we have to invest time in other people. We have to make investing time in other people a priority in our life. Not just when it's convenient, not just when it happens, but each day say, Lord, would you allow me to invest myself into somebody else so that I could share Christ with them? You see, the very first time you meet some people, they don't want to hear about your Christ. They want to get to know you better. They want to get to know your heart. Then, as you get to know them, you can share the love of Christ with them and become effective. But some people have been so hurt and so abused that just because you're wearing a Jesus t-shirt and a grinny smile on your face, they're not going to open themselves up to you. But the Holy Spirit is working in their hearts. The Holy Spirit is guiding and directing your steps. The Holy Spirit is showing you when and where to say and how to show the love. Invest. H is for a word we don't use very often, hospitality. You see, in biblical times, especially in the culture, hospitality in the Arab culture is is huge. When family comes in, you stay at their home. They take care of you. They honor you as a guest. I was growing up, and I told you in the 60s, my parents were very involved in our church, they weren't pastors, but my dad was one of the board members. I was bored. I slept on the couch, but, or the pew, but no, it's am kidding. But every time that there was a guest speaker that came to speak at our church, do you know where they stayed? They didn't stay at the Holiday Inn. They stayed at the Burkhart Motel. And that usually meant Mark slept on the couch because they got my room. <laughs> And one of the first questions I'd ask when I'd hear that somebody was coming, I'd be like, how long are they gonna be here? <laughs> you know, I'm like, and they're like, oh, they're only here for the weekend, or they're here for two weeks. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but we fed them. We got to know them. There was hospitality. We went to every one of their services. But now things change when guest speakers come in and, and they don't stay at the pastor's house. We, we, we put them in a very nice hotel. Why? What changed in our culture? If Donnie was here to speak at our service, wouldn't Donnie want to to be living with our family, getting to know our family as we got to know Donnie? Instead of him just showing up every day, went to speak? Hospitality is the love of strangers. To treat people that are not like us as our guests. Romans 12, 13 says, When God's people are in need, be ready to help them always be eager to practice hospitality Amen. Hebrews 13.2 many of y'all know says don't forget to show hospitality to strangers for some have done this with the, that have entertained angels without realizing it wow how many opportunities have we missed to be in the presence of God because we chose not to open our home or our hearts or our time to someone I've been talking about being a light and and being a light in a dark world. These are practical steps that all of us should be incorporating into our lives. And it might just be one of you say, Mark, you know, it's just been so long since we've had anybody over to our home because it's just such a hassle and and nobody does that anymore. Hospitality. We're called to it. T is for telling others of Jesus. Could you imagine what your life would be like right now if nobody took the time to share Christ with you? Could you imagine where your life would be right now? Somebody took time to invest and share the love of Christ, a story, a scripture, their testimony, something that drew you. Whether you were invited to a a church service or a prayer meeting or a small Bible study, somebody invested the word of God 1 Peter 3.15 says, But dedicate your lives to Christ as Lord, and always be ready to defend your confidence in God when anyone asks you to explain it. However, make your defense with gentleness and respect. You see, what it's saying is, we need to understand what Christ has done in our lives so that when other people ask, Why do you do this? Why do you go to church on Sunday? It's so that love can be shown to them. Love can be shown to them. Jesus had to show the fishermen how to fish. And Jesus will show you how to share your faith. It's important that this season we understand why we're light. Luke 12, 8 says, I guarantee that the Son of Man will acknowledge in front of God's angels every person who acknowledges him in front of others. See, there's a lukewarmness of Christianity that's going on in our society today. But we can't continue denying Christ, but then on our very last breath say, Oh, but look, Lord, I did this and I did this. We need to be light. We need to love. We need to imitate. We need to get to know others. We need to show hospitality. And we need to tell others about Christ. I've asked the band to come up because we're going to end today with joy to the world I love the song because it celebrates why we celebrate Christmas it also celebrates that we don't have to tear down the studio today so there's joy to the world but before they lead us in that last carol I'd like for everybody just to close your eyes just spend a moment right now with God ask him is there anything in your life that's causing you not to be that light it could be just one element it's like the old Christmas lights when one bulb went out the whole strand went out a lot of times spiritually that's the same way if we're not able to love people we can be doing all the other things right and there's no love if we're not imitating Christ if we're not getting to know others, if we're not showing hospitality, and we're not sharing our faith, then we're really not that light. But when we are doing those things, we become a very shining city on a hill, and people are drawn. Would you ask God right now, is there anything in my life, God, that's causing me not to be the light that you created me to be? Is there a self-centeredness that has dominated my life where I don't care about other people the way I should? I don't pray for others. Would you pray with me? Could everybody pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave to give me life. Please forgive me. Change my life. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. I now confess Jesus Christ as my Savior, and I am saved. Amen. If you said that, and it's been a while, or you just felt like, Mark, there's just been a lot of sin, there's been a lot of darkness in my world lately, you are now a child of the Most High God. Light is in your world. His word will be a light into your path. I'd like for us all to stand and join the worship team as they lead us in joy to the world, and then I'll come up and say the blessing, and we'll dismiss for the day. Pray that each of you will be an opportunity to be light this world. There will be people coming into your house to celebrate Christmas, or you may be going to somebody's house, and let us reflect the light of Christ. Let me speak a blessing over you as we dismiss. So may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile upon you and be gracious to you, and may the Lord show you His favor and give you His peace. So go in His peace in Jesus' name. We pray, Amen. And very, have, you have a very merry Christmas.